Okay, we've got two huge stories this week, both involving President Trump, of course, the Supreme Court bombshell, and we had two primaries for Congress on Tuesday. The candidates endorsed by Trump swept every race. I mean, this man has the Midas touch. We will get to the Supreme Court story coming up a little bit later. The leaked draft, the opinion that may be used to overturn Roe v. Wade will explain what it all means. And the reason that it revolves Trump is because if Jeb Bush had been the president, obviously Hillary, but even if a moderate Democrat and a moderate Republican, an establishment Republican had won in 2016, they never would have appointed staunch conservatives to the bench who would be considering overturning Roe v. Wade like Amy Conan Barrett and Neil Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. So that's the direct result of Trump, as we'll explain. Plus, the man who discovered the Hunter Biden laptop is suing CNN and Adam Schiff. You cannot make this stuff up. This man was owned a computer repair shop. Somehow, the Hunter laptop was like left at his store and never picked up, which is just shocking by in and of itself. And he says his life was turned upside down, as we'll explain, because CNN reported fake news and because Adam Schiff demonized him. A sheriff in Florida, a sheriff in Florida wants people to learn how to shoot better. A sheriff in Florida wants people to take target practice lessons so that they don't miss when they shoot at burglars. You cannot make this stuff up. We will get to that. But as I said, Trump continues to dominate. He's been out of office more than a year. Every candidate that he endorsed has won in the primaries, not just this week, but in the entire primary season. It it is still early. And obviously, there are many, many congressional races, but this is such a big deal. There are so many moderate Republicans. Some of them are incumbents, but so many moderate Republicans or non-Trump Republicans or Liz Cheney Republicans who are running in primaries, and many of them are running against Trump candidates, and the Trump candidates are completely dominating and obliterating the Liz Cheney Republicans, the moderate Republicans. So this past Tuesday was primary day in Ohio and Indiana. Get this, Trump, he ran the table. Trump endorsed 22 Republican candidates. He won 22 races, all 22. He's he's 22 for 22, all 22 candidates that Trump endorsed. That's an astonishing number. It's breathtaking. You know, that the man who's been out of office, the man who was impeached twice, the man who, I mean, the media is so vicious against. I mean, they just, they rip him to shreds every chance they get. He's off of Twitter now, starting, of course, his own social media, starting Truth Social, and yet he sweeps 22 races. We've never seen anything like this. He's clearly the most influential politician in the country. And by the way, this year total, uh, this is in the Washington Examiner, Trump endorsed 55 candidates total this year, and he won 55 races. Listen to these numbers. 50 races were outright victories, 50 of 55, and the other five, they went to runoff. They were pushed into runoff elections, so the Trump candidate uh, performed well enough. He's still in the race, and now it goes to a runoff, so that's pretty close to a win. So 50 out of 55 were straight-up victories, and then the other five went to runoff. So no Trump candidate yet has lost this year out of 55. I mean, just staggering. I mean, you have Democrats who are—when Biden threatens to endorse a Democrat, the Democrat will run for the hills. The Democrats, they don't want to be associated with Biden. Kamala Harris doesn't want to be associated with Biden. I mean, Joe Biden doesn't want to be associated with Joe Biden. But uh, then you have Trump, and it's like if he just utters their name, let alone holds a rally— for one of these candidates, it's like they're a shoe in. It's like they're un, they're unbeatable. All right, so a Florida sheriff, 
He says that people should learn. He says it would save taxpayer dollars if people would learn how to shoot burglars. And, you know, he's talking, this is Santa Rosa County Sheriff Bob Johnson made these comments. People consider these inflammatory comments. I have no sympathy. If a burglar enters a home, if a burglar breaks into somebody's house and then the, the homeowner shoots the burglar in self-defense, they're doing something they had every right to do. And the burglar made the decision don't you have sympathy? Don't you have compassion for the burglar? No, the burglar literally went into your... If you go into a house, you're threatening the homeowner's life. You deserve whatever you... I've never mistakenly walked into anybody's house and they thought I was a burglar. It's something you do with intent. So what happened was a 32-year-old man was caught breaking into houses in Pensacola, Florida, and somebody shot at him and he had this sheriff who made these comments is Bob Johnson, this tough man. He says, quote, we don't know which homeowner shot at him. I guess they think they did something wrong, but they did not. If someone is breaking into your house, you're more than welcome to shoot at them. In Santa Rosa County, we prefer that you do, actually. And then he says you need to take a, a gun course. He says, quote, if you take that, he's talking about a gun safety course, but he says, quote, if you take that, you'll shoot a lot better, and hopefully you'll save the taxpayer's money. And we understand exactly what he's trying to say. And th there was some backlash, but this man does not deserve any backlash. He's spot on. All right, so the re the computer repairman, this man is John Paul Mac Isaac, long name, John Paul Mac Isaac. He apparently has been forced to relocate. And he was the computer repairman who ended up with the Hunter Biden laptop. And he is filing a lawsuit. He says his life was destroyed because they accused him of spreading Russian disinformation. They essentially accused him of like being a Russian spy and, you know, being this man who's like a Russian agent who's trying to sow discord around the country. And all he was doing was just saying, hey, listen, this Hunter Biden, this is really important. This Joe Biden's son, he's really bad news for the country. And Joe Biden was involved and Joe Biden is in the back pocket of China and Russia. And we can prove it now thanks to this laptop with just all sorts of very scandalous emails about Hunter taking millions of dollars. And now, of course, we know that that's all been confirmed, even though Twitter and the media completely buried the story during the election because they rigged the election. Anyway, so this man, he is suing, suing Adam Schiff, CNN, The Daily Beast, and Politico. He says they falsely accused him of peddling Russian disinformation. And remember, all these uh, all these intel people, right? You, you had this, this long list of 51 you know, current or former uh, uh, intel people, including John Brennan, James Clapper, these basically Democrat operatives who, without any basis, they said, oh, this, this smells like Russian disinformation. This Hunter laptop, don't believe it. And the Hunter laptop is completely authentic. Somehow it was brought to this man's repair shop to repair. And he realized, wait a second, innocently, he's like repairing it. He obviously has to look at what's on the computer. And he's like, this is the Hunter laptop. And somehow it was never retrieved. And then it gets into the hands of Rudy Giuliani. And then the Democrats, they spread this vicious lie. This is Russian disinformation. Well, this man says that his business, he went bankrupt. His business was forced to close. He was in Delaware, right? Delaware is Biden country. So it's so vicious what they did to him, literally accusing him of spreading Russian disinformation of being a Russian agent, even though they knew it wasn't true. They knew they had no basis. What he had was totally authentic because they wanted to make sure that Biden won the, 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 the election. And they knew that this would be devastating. So here's a quote from this man, this this Mac Isaac, quote, after fighting to reveal the truth, all I want now is for the rest of the country to know there was a collective and orchestrated effort by the media to block a real story with real consequences to the nation. It's quoted in the New York Post. This was collusion led by 51 former pillars in the intelligence community and backed by words and actions of a politically motivated DOJ and FBI. I want this lawsuit to reveal collusion 
and more importantly, who gave the marching orders, end quote. And he's saying, he's pointing out correctly that the FBI was involved in the DOJ because they covered this up because they were well aware. This was the, the, the laptop was brought to the FBI. The FBI is probably even using information on the laptop to investigate Hunter Biden, which we know there are several investigations of Hunter Biden ongoing. Uh, is that going to amount to anything? Will there be any indictments? I mean, come on, highly unlikely. We don't know for sure, but I'd be shocked if Hunter Biden ends up getting indicted. He's a Democrat. Democrats don't get indicted. Only people associated with Trump get indicted. But this is amazing how they destroyed his life, and he was right. He, like, he had the laptop. He had the evidence. It was right there, and they just completely dismissed it because it was going to interfere with their big plan to get Joe Biden elected. You know, so it's really, really upsetting. Now, we're going to keep an eye. This lawsuit is huge because, remember, there have been some big losses in court. Remember the, you know, Nick Sandman and the Covington students? You know, when, 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 when CNN and the mainstream media spread fake news, it, it, it does have consequences in the court. And the court sometimes, or at least there'll sometimes be a settlement, perhaps of millions of dollars. This man deserves to be awarded millions of dollars by CNN, and yeah, by Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is vicious. He spread so many lies about Trump, and he, he led the impeachment effort against Trump twice, the bogus impeachment effort. All right, Jen Psaki responded. We're going to get to the Supreme Court in a moment. Jen Psaki responded to the death of the Texas National Guardsman. We told you about this man um, who actually died in the line of duty. He was saving illegals. Illegals were crossing the border via the Rio Grande River in Texas, and they were literally trafficking drugs. They were trafficking drugs. They were illegally smuggling drugs into the United States. These two illegals, they started to drown or, or struggle in the, in the river, and this man went in, this, this brave man, this National Guardsman, went in to try to rescue them, and he was killed. He was killed trying to rescue these two illegals who were smuggling drugs into the United States. Anyway, so Jem Psaki, she basically dodged the whole issue. I mean, she, she was basically, she refused to take any responsibility. This man died protecting the United States, and Psaki was asked, uh, she, she basically emphasized the fact that it was the state government, not the federal government, that the National Guard, in other words, she was basically asked, do you take responsibility for this? Does the White House feel a sense of responsibility that this man died because of Biden's weak border policies. You have these illegals smuggling drugs, and that's what led to this man's death. And she completely dodged any sort of responsibility. She was asked, quote, does the White House feel any? She said, our heart goes out to his family and his loved ones, the loved ones. And she was asked, does, by a reporter, does the White House have any responsibility for his death because he lost his life trying to save two migrants smuggling drugs? Does the White House feel responsible? And Psaki said, quote, of course, we are mourning the loss of his life and we are grateful for the work of every National Guardsman. I would note that the National Guard works for the states. And so he is an employee of the Texas National Guard and his efforts and operations were directed by there, not by the federal government. This is egregious. I mean, it's egregious. She's just dodging. I mean, it's clearly a direct result of the Biden policies. This man literally, the, 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 these, these, these illegal migrants should never be even attempting to cross, but they are because Biden has created a magnet, a magnet for border crossing and tons of drug smuggling, and it's so corrupt. And, and, and the Biden people, Jen Psaki, they don't care one bit. I mean, you have these people crossing the border, bringing in drugs, gang members, and the Biden people, this is not only do they not care, this is their plan, it's my design. They want illegals, there's millions of illegals crossing into the country, Trump had it fixed, and they wrecked it, they reversed Trump's great policies. Why would they do that? Because they want these illegals coming, and for the simple reason, because they want to create new Democrat voters. And th th so then Psaki, this, this poor man and his poor family, he's killed trying to rescue these people. And she says, well, I want to point out he was working for the state. He wasn't working for the federal government. That's not the point. And she knows that's not the point. I don't care who he's working for. It, 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 these are your policies that directly led 
to this tragedy. All right, so we got to get into this bombshell. The Supreme Court, the leaked document of this opinion written by Justice Alito that may overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, we don't know yet. There's still going to be a couple of months until this is officially released. Part of the big story here is the leak. Nothing ever leaks. The Supreme Court is airtight. No decision, no draft, no opinion ever leaks before it is published, before it is released by the Supreme Court. And yet this leaked. And we're going to get to that in a moment. But this opinion, look, we don't know yet because justices can technically change their minds. But we know it has been authenticated This is a legitimate opinion draft that was written by Justice Alito, and it says that five justices, the five most conservative justices, are set to overturn Roe v. Wade. So again, we don't know until it actually is decided. They could always change, but like it's very likely. Let's call it high probability, and clearly this is how they're leaning. So I want to analyze the opinion in a moment, but first let's talk about the leak because this was clearly leaked by some Democrat operative. It's very airtight. There's only a few people. There's the nine justices, and then there's their clerk. There's like a total of under 40 people who will have access to this kind of draft, this kind of document, and yet it was leaked to Politico. So I want to make a few points here. Number one, if this does, just the fact that we're even having this conversation, the fact that they're considering so strongly overturning Roe v. Wade, and that would, what that would do is, there's a lot of misunderstanding about this, it would not necessarily mean that abortion is, is illegal. Abortion would still be legal in many, many states, maybe most states, but you know, Roe v. Wade basically gave a, a federal guarantee. Roe v. Wade way, way overstepped, and it was basically the Supreme Court acting as, the, as Congress, as the legislature, which they have no right to do, as we'll get to. But, um, but, but Roe v. Wade guaranteed the right of somebody to abort a child, to abort a fetus, and um, this, this ruling is saying, no, let's give it back to the state. So the state still can uh, pass laws that would, ban- that would uh, allow abortion. Or, you know, and uh, probably if, if a state did not ban abortion, probably the default is that abortion would be legal. But any state that wants, any blue state, can legalize abortion. Any red state can make it illegal if this ruling actually comes to fruition. So obviously that's very big news, but it's not like the Democrats are all having a meltdown. It's amazing the Democrats are having a meltdown over this issue. They're so passionate, so emotional over this over this issue, over the desire to abort a fetus, you know, to destroy an unborn child, to, to eliminate an unborn child. Like that's their big, that's what you want to fight for in life. Like even if you believe that it should be legal, but like you're so strong, you're so passionate about that, about this this poor little unborn child you know, being eliminated like that, being discarded, it's, it's just outrageous. It's, it's unfathomable. But um, the point is that Trump is responsible for this because if, if, if Hillary had been elected, obviously there would be a bunch of liberals on the, on the Supreme Court right now. But even if Jeb Bush or, you know, Rubio, one of the moderates had been had become president back in 2016, they would not have they would have appointed, you know, somebody like Roberts. They would have appointed, I'm sure of this, justices that, you know, who are much more moderate. Uh, you know, he, uh, Trump appointed the most conservative justices you could find. They're very, very pro the Constitution. You know, they're, they're very traditional in terms of if you read the Constitution, uh, you know, the way it was meant to be read, the way it was meant to be written, the intent of the of the founding fathers. So that's who Trump appointed. And, and, and that makes very conservative justices who are ready to do something very bold. And look, they're, they're already getting a ton of backlash. But uh, if, if Jeb Bush had been elected, I have no doubt, you know, he would have elected much more moderate conserv- uh, much more moderate justices, right-leaning, but not nearly as conservative, not nearly as right-wing. And uh, it would have probably had an easier time getting through the Senate than, let's say, Brett Kavanaugh, who was vilified by the Democrats. But we would never have been talking about possibly overturning Roe v. Wade. So this, the credit goes to 
President Trump. But now getting to the leak here for a moment. So, you know, this was done by a Democrat and there are several reasons why this may have been done, several motives here that have been suggested. You know, number one, to pressure one of the justices to flip and change their mind. And, and that may happen, by the way. Brett Kavanaugh may decide, you know what, look at the backlash here. You know, pe- people are really furious and really outraged about this. This is not a good idea. This will be too inflammatory to ruin my reputation. So we'll see. I think that these justices will stick to their guns, but you never know. That might work. Also to pressure Congress to pass a law. Remember, the midterms are approaching in November. Now, they have an issue in the Senate because they obviously have the filibuster. So uh, it's hard to believe that Joe Manchin, you know, to, legal, to, to, to basically say abortion is legal, you know, would Joe Manchin be willing to basically uh, take away the filibuster, use the nuclear option, and say you only need 50 votes? Hard to believe, but that's another option if they're trying to pressure Congress to pass a law about this. And also just to galvanize the base. It could be they just want to galvanize. Look, the midterms, Biden's uh, poll numbers are a disaster. I mean, they are just in, just abysmal. And uh, the Democrats right now are poised to lose many, many seats in Congress. I mean, the Democrats, it could be a bloodbath coming in coming this coming November. And look, as Cola pointed out, it always is. You know, the, the, the first midterm following when a new president is elected, you look back to Reagan in 1982, you look back to Obama 2010, obviously Trump in 2018, and it always happens, but this could be really, really devastating. So they want to kind of galvanize Democrats. They want to, you know, they want to motivate as many Democrats and even independents as possible to vote Democrat in the upcoming election. So all that might be true, but there's another very important issue, which is the timing of this leak, and it came the day before 2,000 Mules. 2,000 Mules. What's 2,000 Mules? Well, that's a documentary. That's a film that was released literally the next day. It was released this week. We haven't spent much time on this, but this is Dinesh D'Souza. This is not a conspiracy theorist. This is a documentary that basically exposes massive, massive election fraud in 2020, and it just compiles an enormous amount of evidence that the election was stolen, that the election was literally, no, it was rigged, but that the election was actually stolen uh, 2,000 mules of mules. So this, there's a documentary that came out the next day, and nobody's focusing on it because everybody's focusing on the Supreme Court leak. So this document that leaked. So it, it's very possible that the timing here, you believe it's coincidence? I mean, I you know, I, I don't talk much about the deep state. I'm not one of these people who every other day is going on about the deep state. I don't need to because the Democrats, they do so much, like, overtly. There's so much that they do that's not even hidden. We don't have to get into the deep state and, and you know, conspiracies and uh, what the Democrats are doing behind the scenes. I mean, they spied on Trump. They impeached Trump twice over nothing. They spread a bogus Russia hoax that was the steel, based on the Steele dossier paid for by Hillary. That's not the deep state. I mean, all that stuff is like right there, right before our eyes. You know, Peter Strzok and these and and James Comey and and, and the Obama FBI and and what they did to Flynn. And we're not going to rehash all that right now. But 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 the Obama DOJ and the Obama FBI. They ruined Trump's life and they spied on an opposition candidate. It was paid for by Hillary. Like it's the it's the biggest political scandal ever. And it's and it's all fact. And it's all this is all proven fact. This is not even in dispute before we get to the deep state. But this is deep state. When you talk about this leak, this was clearly done. Some Democrat operative, he infiltrated the Supreme Court, which is it, it never happens. It, it, it is airtight. And yet it, there's this leak that never, ever happens. And this leak was designed to somehow hurt the Republicans. And then you have 2000 mules. So 2000 mules, just briefly, Dinesh D'Souza, who's he's right wing, but he's a mainstream producer. He's produced many mainstream videos, films. So he has produced, he basically, they compiled an enormous amount of evidence based on surveillance video and security cameras and a video and everything else where they found literally about a million, a million ballots that that, that are pro- probably fraudulent. Basically, they were doing ballot harvesting, mail-in ballots. So to, a mule is somebody who harvests ballots, somebody who basically collects a bunch of ballots 
uh, illegally. It's illegal in pretty much every state, and the and the votes don't count. But they 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 gather like thousands of mail-in ballots, and then they basically gather them together as one group, and then they deposit them in in the polling place. So basically, what they're doing is they're faking. The ballots. In other words, uh, the reason it's illegal is because it's not like you know some old person was stuck in their house and they want to cast a mail-in ballot. It's it, it, what they're doing is they're compiling thousands and thousands. It's phony. You know they'll have illegals vote or they'll just fill out a bunch of fake ballots. They'll have people who are deceased. They'll fill out their ballots. So that's what this is. Is there's proof that there were two thousand, basically a million votes, a million votes. This happened in swing states. We know them: Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan. Two thousand mules, two thousand people who are harvesting these ballots, gathering together these ballots, these mail-in ballots, and this all happened because of COVID. This was all part of the Democrat plan, was to enable there to be mail-in ballots on demand. You didn't need to be absentee. You could be right there in your home, and you could still vote by mail, and that is riddled with the potential for enormous fraud. This is what we warned you about. It's our worst nightmare. Well, he has proof. He has proof. 2,000. 2,000 people around the country in these swing states were harvesting these ballots, gathering these ballots illegally, and faking ballots, submitting phony ballots, and they think it's about a million. A million is more than enough if you do the math. Path, these states were neck and neck. They were extremely close. So basically, there is there is a wealth of evidence, enormous amount of proof that the Democrats are terrified of being exposed, that the election was stolen, as Trump has claimed, that there were a million, a million fake, fraudulent ballots that were used to elect Biden. And and the timing coincided. I mean, it's just it's stunning. Like, you, you know, you, it's, it's hard to believe that there's any coincidence here that the leak happened of this uh, Supreme Court opinion. The day before. Now, one other point I want to make about the leak before we get to the to, to the uh, actual decision is that you have Politico, Politico published this th- this decision. Now, they had no right ethically. How are you publishing a decision that's supposed to be private by the Supreme Court? If a right wing group had done this, if this had been done, you know, name any by Breitbart, by Daily Wire, if this had been done, published by any single right wing uh, news website. I mean, the Democrats would have been livid. I don't mean this opinion, but let's say they found a, a very left-wing opinion. Let's say they found something involving vaccine mandates, a very left-wing opinion that was going to be released by the Supreme Court, and they went and they secretly, some conservative secretly gave it to a conservative news outlet and published it. Uh, I mean, the left would be livid. The mainstream media, they would be having a meltdown, right? But now nobody's saying anything about political. In fact, somebody made a great point. Project Veritas, you know Project Veritas, they're the conservative group. They, they go undercover and they expose all the hypocrisy of the media and of and of Democrats. Well, Project Ver- Veritas, they got their hands somehow, legally, it was all legit, they got their hands on, on, on Ashley Biden's diary, on President Biden's daughter's diary. And what did Project Veritas do? They returned it. They did not publish it. They decided, you know what, not a good idea to publish it, even though they had every right to do it. It was legal, but they returned it to the Bidens or whoever they returned it to. And, you know, they got raided by the FBI. The FBI conducted a major, major raid, a raid on Project Veritas, confiscated thousands of documents. It, it, they, they did it in a very forceful way. They were basically trying to threaten and intimidate Project Veritas. So the FBI responded, Project Veritas, they get this diary. Instead of publishing it like Politico did with the Supreme Court decision, they actually gave it back. They gave it back. They did everything by the book. And they, if they had published it, it wouldn't have been a problem at all. But they didn't. And they get raided by the FBI. That's their punishment. They get punished and humiliated by the FBI and and, and got invaded. And, and literally, they, they, they confiscated thousands of documents that were private documents. And that's how they get treated. Politico, meanwhile, actually publishes this story, publishes this leaked draft. And uh, unlike Project Veritas, who said, we're not going to do that, 
with the with the diary, and what do they get in return? Politico, nothing. Nobody's investigating them. Nobody's accusing. They're trying to find out who the actual leaker was in the court, but nobody's investigating or charging Politico with any sort of crime, which is or or, or raiding them or investigating them, which is which is totally egregious, double standard, hypocrisy, everything else. So um, the actual decision here. Very interesting. Roe v. Wade was basic was baseless. I mean, the, essentially, what it boils down to. I read through a lot of the decision, and Roe v. Wade, the initial decision back in the, in the 1970s, it was baseless. They made up basically. The federal government has no right to just make up new rights. So the question is: Is there some kind of guaranteed freedom by the Constitution to abort a baby? Can somebody decide? to discard a, an unborn child to, to, to carry out an abortion, is there some kind of constitutional guarantee? If Texas wants to outlaw abortions, does the Constitution say, no, you have the freedom to abort a child? And the answer is no. They made up, there's like a right to privacy, and even that's made up. The Constitution doesn't guarantee a right to privacy, but that was made up in, an, in another court, Supreme Court decision. And then they went and ran with it and said, well, that's going to apply to, to an abortion also. So the whole thing is so fabricated. Think about it, right? The Constitution guarantees a bunch of freedoms. The Bill of Rights, right? You have the you have freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, freedom to congregate. I mean, there are many freedom to own weapons, right? To, to bear arms. There, there are many, many rights listed in the Bill of Rights. Why do they list them? Why don't they just say, listen, you have a right to do whatever you want? Because you don't have a right to do whatever you want. In a nutshell, you don't have a right. A person can't just do anything they want. There, there are consequences to your actions. So it has to be some kind of right that is enumerated, that is guaranteed, that is listed in the Constitution. Well, you check the Constitution backward and forward, it doesn't say anything there about abortion, obviously. So they had to go and conjure up. It, like the, the whole, it's so contrived. It, it, it's just fabricated. It's made up. There is no right to abortion. There is no right that guarantees and the right to privacy. There's one major problem. People have rights to do certain things. And without getting into all the nitty gritty into the weeds here of the, you know, of the of the ruling by Justice Alito. But essentially, he says any right that you find where someone has a right to privacy or right to do what they want, uh, you know, without interference from the government. None of that applies in this case. None of that can be compared to an abortion because an abortion, there's a fetus. An abortion, there is a an unborn child who, who who's getting destroyed. You're destroying an unborn child. None of the other cases where you have a right that's guaranteed by the Constitution are you hurting anyone else. Here, you're literally killing an unborn child. You're killing an unborn child. So that was essentially the ruling is there is no constitutional right. They were legislating from the bench, and, and, and Alita goes even further, and he suggests, he implies that the original ruling in 1973, the Supreme Court, they didn't care about justifying it. There was no rationale. They knew that it wasn't based on the Constitution. They decided politically that they wanted to uh, make abortions, to, to guarantee the right to abort a child, and then they went and found out and you know figured out some kind of made-up rationale, some kind of bogus phony basis in the Constitution that doesn't really exist. So they made up a non-existent right in the Constitution, and it's because of politics. And, and we know there are many scholars who say that it was, they were legislating from the bench. This is something that has to be done by Congress. The Supreme Court, nine people in robes, cannot go and decide we're going to make up a new law, which is that somehow the federal government guarantees that you have the right to abort a child when you have no right to abort a child and and, and you're actually hurting an unborn child and you cannot find any precedent for that anywhere. That's essentially what the ruling says. It makes a lot of sense, but still you know, there's so much political pressure that you don't expect the Supreme Court justices to really carry this out, which is this is shocking. A lot of people are very shocked and we have to see if it actually plays out. One final point, which is there's a concept of stare decisis, a concept of precedent and observing precedent. There are some on the Supreme Court who say, listen, yeah, we don't really agree with the original ruling Roe v. Wade. We don't think that uh, abortion should be legal based on the Constitution, but it was already decided, so we're just, we're just abiding by the precedent. It's, it's like, 
you know, that once there's a precedent, so you just go with the precedent, it even doesn't make sense. And basically, Alito says that's not true, that's bogus, because you don't do that when it flies in the face of the Constitution. When the, when the Constitution, you read the Constitution, and the reading contradicts the precedent, and, and there are many precedents for that, you know, without getting into all the weeds, but um, Plessy versus Ferguson and Brown versus the Board of Education. Brown versus the Board of Education overturned previous rulings. The Supreme Court ruled again and again, separate but equal, separate but equal. You could segregate blacks and whites. And the famous landmark case of Brown versus the, versus the Board of Education, the Supreme Court said, no, you have to integrate blacks and whites in schools. You can't have separate schools. There used to be black schools and white schools. Supreme Court overruled that. That was There were many precedents that uh, the Supreme Court decided you could have segregated schools. So that when the Supreme Court, the civil rights basically movement, where they overturned segregation, separate but equal, they were overturning a lot of precedent. But one final point is Alito basically says there's, some, there's another issue which well, is that uh, it's going to make the court look silly. And this is fascinating because there's actually an argument that some people say, which is, listen, yes, you're right. There's no constitutional basis. There's no even stare decisis, even precedent basis um, for, for, uh, for, for Roe v. Wade. And legally, you should overturn Roe v. Wade, but it's going to make the initial court, the ruling back in 1973, Roe v. Wade, it's going to make it look like it was done by political pressure. It's going to be like uh, de- very demeaning for the court. And basically, Alito's response to that is, well, sorry, but that we can't just override the Constitution. We can't just rule something uh, that's illegal, something that we can't just like decide based with no legal basis that, oh, yeah, abortion is guaranteed by the Constitution when it's clearly not because it's going to make the previous ruling look silly. You know, you should have thought of that before you did the previous ruling back in 1973, but that doesn't justify, yeah, is that a concern? It's a concern. Basically what he says, I'm paraphrasing, but that concern doesn't justify, you know, basically continuing a ruling that was clearly clearly against the Constitution. So, you know, pretty fascinating stuff here from a legal standpoint, but it's a no-brainer. I mean, anyone who's intellectually honest, you do not have to be a conservative, you do not have to be pro-life, and it's going to be in the hands of the state. So all these Democrats who are having a meltdown, the, the states are still able to pass whatever laws they want, and each state will do you know, what's, what's in its best interest. I, obviously, I'm extremely pro-life. I don't have to tell you that, but um, I hope I don't have to tell you that. But, you know, but there are states that are, that are clearly going to um, legalize abortion and make sure that, that, that it's legal. Many, many states, New York, California, New Jersey, et cetera, but that's not even the issue. The issue is that from any, any, anyone who's intellectually honest sees— that this uh, original Roe v. Wade decision was total, cho- total judicial overreach, and they were legislating for the bench, and it's out of their purview, and they had zero basis, and they just did it for politics to to advance their radical leftist agenda. This has been going on for for decades. It's nothing new. Tragically, that's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time. <laughs>